Hi, everybody, and welcome to a happy holidaysing. That was a weird way to phrase that. A happy holidaysing. Uh, Dad Bod Shaving. How dare you, Jericho? Put those Christmas cookies away. TLC saluting. Matt, body burning, neck biting. Perfect for the holidays. Welcome to the Christmas episode of the Brothers of Discussion. Yeah. Something to listen to while you're on your commute to nobody's house because you're not allowed to visit anybody. So right. Don't be on a commute. Just be at home listening, uh, <laughs> gathered around the radio like they used to in the old days. Matt, it's another exciting episode here. Uh, we're going to talk everything uh, that we can in 30 minutes because we need to not visit family. Um, Matt, we're going to talk everything from Charlotte Flair's return. Yeah. I didn't know I'd be that excited. Matt, the coronation of the Hurt Business. Everybody has a belt except for MVP, but that's that's a vast majority. That's uh, 75%. Matt, we're also going to talk about <laughs> Dusty, Dusty Rose impressions and uh, a very <clears throat> unlikely participant in the Dusty Rose impression contest, Daddy. Matt, and maybe a little bit more. Who knows if we'll have time for it. It's it's another week. It's another spicy one. Matt, how are things at the Casa de Eddie? Uh, they're doing great. Uh, playing with all the new presents and stuff. It's uh, it's fantastic. I, I think I mentioned before, like I can't, I couldn't wait to get like new stuff to do with her, uh, with my my one year old because you get so bored playing with the same stuff. And uh, with one year old stuff, there's not much we can do. You and I, you know, as adults. So you just kind of like bounce it around and go, rah, 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 and then it tickles her, and then you move on to the next toy. But now. There's things that I can actually, you know, tell a story I, with. It's fun. I, I had that in mind uh, when I gave Eddie the uh, children's version of Back to the Future. Uh, I thought, you know, at least Matt can read this and reread it and then reenact and do all the Marty voices and Doc Brown voices. And luckily, the book skips the weird uh, mother incest scene. So that's really nice. There is still... R-A-P-E in it, so we had to just say they went to tickle hey. each other, so uh, yeah, that's, doing, that's Dave? rough. Happy <laughs> Dave, happy holidays. Uh, watch out happy for the holidays, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, Jesus, yeah. What, uh, Don't read. <laughs> watch out for that scene in the book. Um, uh, so yeah, everybody, find us at uh, bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. We are hiring right now, as we've mentioned the last few weeks. Uh, if you want to help us do some content creation, just uh, DM us, send us a message through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but you can find those uh, two accounts. The Instagram is uh, at brothers underscore of underscore discussion, where we do a joint pro wrestling and Red Wing stuff. And then the, the Twitter is just uh, at bodpodcast. And uh, Mike, we had some fun. I think uh, we met some new friends this week uh, through Twitter, so that was good because we we just just uh, we'll break the fourth wall here. We were seeing our our Twitter followers just drop uh, <laughs> quite a bit over the last month, and I was like, oh, what are we doing wrong? What what conversation did we start that people weren't fans of? But uh, the numbers shot back up this week, so thanks for everybody that followed along and uh, is joining along for the ride. We we, we appreciate it, but. Uh, for anybody new, it's expecting one of our two-hour uh, marathons. Uh, that ain't happening right now, so we're just going to have to jump in and talk wrestling because uh, we both have uh, SHIT to do today. Um, Mike, right. I like Chris spelling Jericho. out these words. This is fun. I don't know what RIP right. is and Maybe SHIT, top. but they sound fun. I want to try them. All right. Uh, Mike. <laughs> well, it's a little Fred oh. Willard humor, if you will. Uh can't spell a lick, but boy, do I like fun. All right, well, uh, <laughs> oh, all right. 
Let's make this as easy as possible for Matt to edit later. <laughs> um, Get it all out in the open. Uh, the official statement of Brothers of Discussion is that that is not how we feel. Right. Maybe Mike just forgot how to spell. All right. Moving on. Mike, Mike Chris I go for some grapes. Delicious fruit. Uh, Matt, last night, AEW started uh, after the big Boston Celtic uh, Milwaukee Buck game um, and Jericho. Was on uh, AEW, right? Uh, doing a little bit of the wrestling right after uh, the big broadcast for uh, the show was called. for NBA. Jericho was on. Um, I had to check the notes here. Uh, was he, uh, what was he doing? <laughs> he was... All right, man, so he had a body what... shame last night. That's the, yeah. that's uh, that's what happened. NBA Twitter was all a flutter, if you will, sticking with the bird themes. Uh, picking right. on Jericho's poor dad bod. Matt, were they uh, were they right in their assessment? Look, it. The problem is that that was their assessment. That's where the conversation needs to go. Um, I, I think it no, was. It's whether or not they were right. That's that's what we need to discuss. No, because if they have that opinion, <laughs> if they have that opinion, so this is their opportunity, right, to bring in new fans. And right. uh, not only were they making fun of Chris Jericho, but the other thought that was going around was that this is now bootleg WWE. So you immediately, for, for all these people that have probably watched wrestling when they were kids, they turned it on and had that thought of, oh, they're trying to do what WCW did, uh, you know, back in the 90s or what Impact was, was, uh, was doing when they were TNA uh, in, in the early 2000s. So I, I think the better move uh, might have been to save Chris Jericho for later and not make it look like this is, this is where it's at, everybody. Chris Jericho is here for you. Because yeah. I, I, and this is me reacting. This isn't me saying uh, I would have chose, uh, I, I would have made a different choice. This is me saying, in hindsight, you know, uh, the Monday morning quarterback, yeah, it was a mistake because it, it did not go over well. And it wasn't something that sold AEW to uh, to NBA fans. It, it just kind of went off with a, with a giant fart. And it was, Mike, I have uh, I have the pictures. Maybe we'll share them later. I'll attach them to uh, to this live feed. Um, but it, it's just constant comments last night of people making fun of Chris, but also of AEW. I I mean, if you're gonna go with a guy that that has um, I don't know it, that that could probably get more people excited, and he he's a little more popular. Maybe yeah. Cody would have been the better option. I, I definitely uh, am not about to say Sting. Hundred um, percent. Um, yeah, I, I, Matt, you you've stolen every good point. Um, I love Chris. He's the most crossover superstar that they have. Um, like every look, listen to me using the WWE lingo. I didn't even call him a wrestler. He's the most crossover performer uh, that they have. Uh, like he transcends outside of wrestling. He's just been you know doing rock shows. He's been on Talking Dead, all that stuff. Um, He's been on a whole bunch of different platforms, so I get what they were going for. I don't know if I would have had him be our, our only olive branch to people whose first exposure uh, was AEW. You know, was right. uh, Jericho coming out and being in a tag team match against, you know, a team that's, you know, on the up and up, but not quite, uh, you know, um, it, it, beyond the beyond the hardcore wrestling fan. I don't think you're going to know Top Flight and be able to, you know, pick them out of a, a lineup. So... I think Cody being in some sort of like TNT championship match um, and uh, something along those lines, I think would have been a better, better bet. Um, even the angle they did with uh, um, uh, 
uh, Sheeta and Abaddon with the, the big uh, bite segment, and there was blood coming out of uh, uh, Sheeta's neck, um, you know, zombie style. I think that would have got some eyeballs and just at least got people going, what the hell is this? And sharing and right. talking about it. Uh, but kind of a nondescript tag team match uh, with, you know, Jericho not, it's not 20 years ago. He's still great. We love him, but maybe not what I would have chosen um, to uh, to bring in some more casuals. Right. I, it's something like it, it just kind of dawned on me when we saw that reaction last night where I was like, oh, my God, putting Chris Jericho on this program was was for us. It was not, yeah. <laughs> and that that's that's playing out the experiment again. That's not me. I, I really thought like if if you would ask me, I would have said, yeah, it makes sense to have Chris go out there. People are going to tune in. They're going to see a guy that they recognize, and then they can associate. You know, Chris Jericho's uh, the the kind of uh, persona, the the larger than life persona, and how that associates with with his tag partner MJF, and give MJF you know an opportunity to talk as well and have them interact um, like that. On on paper, made sense to me, but but uh, yeah, it just apparently isn't going to work going forward. So. Again, that yeah. so the dawn of that thought of like, oh shit, Chris Jericho is actually for us. It was not going to bring in, it wasn't going to bring yeah, in wrestling no, or, uh, or casual fans. It was going to bring in the hardcore really fans. That's a really good point. Um, you know, the old uh, uh, Paul Heyman thing, like let people work to their strengths. And right now Jericho is one of the best, still one of the best talkers in the world. So they should have just had him cut a promo. Instead, they had a Jericho match, and then they had Jake Hager cut the first promo of the night. I was like, oh, man, that's uh, no, no, <laughs> trying to win that crowd over. Um, I mean, you could have had the, the the bastard Pac open the show. That was a barn burner of a match. Um, and then you also would have got to hear uh, Eddie Kingston on commentary. Those are two things that I would have definitely used Absolutely. to win people over. Kingston I on the mic, Pac in the ring. That is That is the best pick. I think of any name we could have thrown out, Eddie Kingston, I think could speak to any crowd. I think you bring in an audience from any, especially from the, the sports side of things, Eddie Kingston's yeah. going to be able to turn heads. Um, uh, David's out here uh, throwing shade at Chris. He, do he doesn't like Chris Jericho. He likes his song. He, he just doesn't like Chris. Uh, David, I... So, I, Dave, uh, you're you're just in your mind. You're become, you're become, you're becoming... Dave, you're gonna have to send us a clip of you singing that song. We're gonna put it on the show. Yeah, it's I gonna be our new show. opening. Yeah, um, I, I'm one of the few wrestling fans that I I can't really listen to that song. I, I listen to it like <laughs> once a week. It's on my Spotify. It's gonna be in my 2021 well, list. Uh, I I just sing it goofy like uh, Sammy Guevara. Um, oh, you're such, such a mark. All right, uh, Mike, we can we can keep. Uh, yeah, let's I, move I, on. Yeah, long story short, uh, AEW is going to have another opportunity to do this. I I hope that they don't double down and have Chris Jericho try and do a promo about being chubby because I think the best thing to do is just to try something completely different. I don't I don't think Jericho anymore, besides think, us, like we'll like it. If I may, before we move on, I don't think that's what Jericho would do at all. I think he would double down and start slapping his belly um, and start being the Santa Claus of AEW. Um, <laughs> he's the demo god. He's the belly god. Uh, he's going to call himself like the Buddha of AEW. I think he's really going to double down um, if this still gets talked about. Um, I wouldn't. 
I, I that's that's who he is. He loves the spotlight. I don't think he's gonna let this little jab uh, bring him down at all. He's he's gonna he's gonna recapture it you know, for himself. But Matt, um, I don't think we saw this um, last week when we went over the preview for TLC that we might have seen pay per view of the year. My God, um, and yeah, and I'm I'm putting it up with all those. Oh, it's New Japan. This is greatest wrestling ever. TLC was entertaining as hell. Um, I was captivated for three hours, all right? Um, I don't care if you call me WWE Mark Matt from bell one to the last bell of the night. Well, I guess it was more of a, a smoldering ash uh, to end the night. Um, it was it was excellent. Absolutely. Yeah, um, it was a huge yeah, show. Not, it wasn't a test of stamina. God, yeah. I... You're 100% right, because I, you have to watch so many of these pay-per-views. Like, you almost have to watch them in chunks, or you've got to make sure you've got energy drinks, because by the end of the night, if it isn't match of the year by the end of the night, yeah, you are all fatigued. upset. You get fatigued, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I completely agree. I think three hours is the key, and that is another point. Like, it, it's it's another notch in the uh, <laughs> of the headboard of why... <laughs> It makes so much sense for us not to have to watch 10 hours of pro wrestling a week plus a pay-per-view. I think we need to cut that number in the middle of the week down in half. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's uh, let's jump in here, Mike. I thought what we yeah, had give me your uh, give me your two bullet points, the two big uh, standouts from TLC. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I thought we could each pick uh, one uh, one thought from each match and why it was uh, why it was a great pay-per-view. Yeah, we'll do that. All right, so uh, let, let's start at the bottom. And you know what? I'm gonna do. I'll do this first. Let's because I, I accidentally deleted it from the notes and I mentioned it earlier. Uh, Mike Sasha and Carmella was a much better wrestling match than I thought we were gonna get. Um, and, and I thought Carmella did an amazing job uh, with the submissions. So for me, that's my that's my thought on that one. I think that would have you would have thought that was gonna be the weakest of the bunch, and I thought it just came right up to par like with with every other match we saw. Yeah, if uh, if you saw on the card Sasha Banks versus Carmella and thought you were going to get uh, early 2000s uh, Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit, uh, I don't think anyone made that prediction. We saw a lot of mat wrestling. We saw a lot of submission uh, reversals, like you said. Uh, Matt definitely ex exceeded expectations. Uh, it, was, it was really good. And then uh, Carmella got to, you know, kind of, you know, get footing again in the in the women's division, and Sasha solidified her her spot up top. I, I thought it was a success. Uh, New Day and Hurt Business, Mike. This was the signature win. I think that takes the Hurt Business over the top. This this is that thing that they've been waiting for. We saw some Cedric Alexander signature wins, but this is where that tag team, that faction, is now boom upper echelon for me. Yeah, the only misstep was uh, waiting so long to. Uh, Give the, the her business the green light. Um, mm -hmm. If only because I think when you see TLC, you're like, well, you know, Royal Rumble's coming up after that. You know, it's a Sunday night. I'm going to watch some HBO or something. So outside <laughs> of like the hardcore fans, I don't know how many people were watching TLC. Uh, but if you did, you, you really got a treat. And uh, you're going to be in good hands with Cedric and, and Shelton. Um, you know, the only thing is, Outside of the new day, hopefully we could start building up some uh, competition for these guys, so it's not just the same two teams battling uh, and feuding on Mondays every week, and then fighting once a month at pay per views. So. You want to take Roman and KO first, so I stop stealing all the points. Oh no, you're fine. Uh, 
Roman and Kevin Owens, uh, like we always try to come up with, or at least it seems like there's so many different ways to like look at uh, like the Mount Rushmore wrestling or like the greatest of all time. Um, Roman is definitely, he's climbing, all right? He's getting to that point where, my God, all he does is have excellent pay-per-view matches, um, and he really shines in matches where there's extracurricular violence and weapons. Um, he's climbing that. So he's climbing like the greatest of. But I think you can already start etching Kevin Owens' face into one of the great, like, uh, death-defying match uh, wrestlers. Whether it's his creativity with just, you know, uh, you know, He's the actual architect with the tables, ladders, and chairs, um, like the punishment, and he's willing to take. Um, and then the way his story is, it's not usually about winning. Um, and in this case, it, it wasn't either. It was just about, you know, how much destruction can I do to Roman? How much can I do to myself? And then still keep fighting. Um, this was one of my, it, it's got to be a match of the year candidate. And Matt, the most shocking part. Is if you book this, you know, not not too long ago, you would be livid that Roman Reigns defeated Kevin Owens for a championship. And instead, I think the majority of the viewers thought this is the right booking decision. More Roman as our head of the table, lead villain. Yeah, this this was a match. Again, I think a lot of people are going to have this on their mind for match of the year. And I'm glad we didn't do anything until this pay-per-view. But uh, for me, the best part is that you've got a match you absolutely knew Roman was walking out, and we all had that thought midway through the match of, wait, maybe this does make sense to have KO win, and then Roman maybe fights back. Like, we were putting it together going, Kevin's doing such a great job, this could actually happen. Yeah. Uh, but again, why why is this pay-per-view so great? Boom. Because of that. That didn't even main event the show. All right, next. Mike? Yeah, uh, we had the uh, women's tag team title match. What? Oh, I said Charlotte's return. Yeah. Uh, Nia and Shayna were going up against Asuka. Mystery partner. Mystery partner turned out to be Charlotte Flair. Uh, I think that the leaks and the guesses started coming in. Um, outside of Kyrie saying, I don't think there would have been a more um, like exciting partner for Asuka to have at this point. Outside of like, you know, some NXT call up or something like that. But, you know, realistic. Uh, somebody on the main roster already. Um, I gotta say, Matt, I was surprised at how excited I was to see Charlotte back. Mm -hmm. Um, she came out, she didn't look rusty at all. Um, I, you know, she's still hitting her moonsaults onto people on the outside of the ring. Um, her submissions still look cool. And, um, I think the right team got over, if only because we kind of need to see Naya and Shayna. I want to see them kind of kind of run the gamut in a singles capacity. And I would love to see them kind of start battling Asuka for that, um, you know, the Raw Women's title. So to see Charlotte and Asuka be tag champs, I'm, I'm okay with that. Because I'm excited for the next chapter for Nia and Shayna. And uh, it was just a nice intro to get Charlotte back in the, in the limelight. Um, and just, you know, elevate that whole division. Yeah, I think this one, if we uh, we were sitting there talking about Carmella and Sasha, we were kind of worried about what the level of um, the, like wrestling skill we were going to get, and then we love the submissions. I think this ended up being at the, at the bottom when it came to, um, I guess, pure in-ring match uh, wrestling excitement. Like, But the story was there. I think that's where this, again, is we're trying to define why was this one of the best pay-per-views of the year. That's where I... like. I think if you if you had asked me a year ago, am I going to be excited about Charlotte being a mystery partner for anyone? I probably would have said no. 
But uh, that was it. Like, I, I even had it spoiled because the WWE sent out a picture with Charlotte on it with Asuka. Whoops. Yeah. Oops. Huge mistake there. <laughs> but, uh, like, knowing it was going to happen didn't deter my excitement at all. So I, I think uh, applause all around for that for that match. Uh, I don't know if, if you can spoil the surprise and it still be a ton of fun, like, how difficult it is to, to actually tell that story. But uh, they did a good job. Uh, all right, so Mike, Drew McIntyre, and AJ Styles uh, threw in a Money in the Bank, which uh, you know a lot of people I think are upset about, but it gives me the opportunity to say, I don't think we're we're using the Money in the Bank the right way. Like it, it's it, it like your thought process. Um, I don't think that should be the thing that you you're gonna tell a story and somebody absolutely has to win with the money in the bank briefcase. I think it means so much more if people, if it does have a losing streak or what is it like the last three out of four have lost with the money in the bank yeah. or four out of five. I I'm totally fine with that. I, I, I think, I think that helps like give, like you don't want it to be guaranteed. I don't want to see the money in the bank bank briefcase come out and we know that person's going to win the title. I think it it's going to add it, some more intrigue. And I know they're trying to infuse the story of um, they're going to attempt to with, with the Miz and Morrison and the, who actually cashed in the money in the bank. You know, that's now we've got more story to tell with that being a part of it. But um, honestly, I just want it to look like the Miz lost. Um, he, he screwed up, shouldn't have cashed in the, the money in the bank and, and make it look like it's, it's not so easy to win. But the other part of this is I think it's a, it's an emergency situation. I think that's, that should be the main reason we have a money in the bank briefcase. If injuries happen, if the stories don't look like they're panning out, boom, money in the bank come in. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm a fan of us watching pay-per-views and going, no, absolutely. Randy Orton's going to cash in. Daniel Bryan's not holding on to the title. So Randy's going to end the night with the title, like at a SummerSlam situation. Like I, I, I don't, I don't like that. So this, this to me just means it'll be harder for us to figure out when it's actually going to happen, which a lot of people hate that right now, but they don't realize that they're sitting there talking about it. And now we're trying to figure out what does the money in the bank actually mean? Give me more things that are not defined. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, I think you're right on the money with, uh, you know, we don't, we don't need to see them bad, bad a thousand uh, in terms of cash-ins. Um, it is just kind of disappointing because I did want Miz. I, I, I don't know what I wanted from Otis. If I wanted him to see, you know, just to see him in a in a title match like Sandow did a couple years ago. Like, my God, Sandow's in the ring with the real John Cena. You know, Otis is in the ring with the real Drew McIntyre. My God. Uh, but uh, it, it is just a little bit of a disappointment because I, I love the gimmick. I love the idea. Um, but I guess what I'll just do is, uh, like, for the match itself, there's a lot of moving pieces. You you Again, just like with the Roman and Kevin match, you're like, Kevin's got no shot of winning. But by the end, you're kind of like, my God, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe Kevin is going to be the one to piss off Roman and they'll feud for a while. And um, so there's a lot of moving pieces, right? There's the money in the bank. Uh, there's Morrison, there's Omos, uh, there's weapons. So the, de the deck was definitely stacked um, against Drew McIntyre to retain. Um, but I, I just really like the production of this match where it, they, they had all those moving pieces. Um, it gave you that, that doubt that Drew was going to walk away clean. Um, but he still he still came unscathed. He still walked away champ, and um, it it didn't feel like a lot was going on. All right, I'll, I'll admit a lot was going on, but it, it didn't. Feel, it felt like there was enough to make it um, 
more of a more of a uh, a swerve being possible about who's going to leave the champ. And then uh, when Drew left, it, it felt like a relief, like, woo, he survived. Um, so, again, I, I really thought this one was a success, too. It was just part of that, that big TLC card. And, Matt, I think that kind of brings us to the big uh, big tamale. The Fiend versus Randy <laughs> Orton in a Firefly Inferno match. Um, man, um, I, I mean, the, the wrestling match. Well, let me was, jump in. You're... Oh, oh, yeah. Go ahead, man. I, I, I look like you're struggling to find your words. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take one that that won't, it won't steal too much away from you. But Mike, I think this was probably the best Inferno match we've ever seen. It wasn't clunky. I think they had an amazing plan coming in. I, I'm not gonna steal anything from the end of the night, so you can have that. But I mean, they got Inferno match right, and I think that's a very difficult style of match to get right. So I, I, I applaud them for that. So Mike, you. You take it away on, on how great of a finish that was. Well, I think uh, one of my favorite things is, uh, you know, sometimes we, you know, like we talk trash about WWE booking and producing. And this match, I think if you have watched an Inferno match before, when you saw Randy Orton walking out in pants and a hooded sweatshirt, you said, oh, wow, I guess uh, The Fiend is going to win. Uh, Orton usually wrestles naked. And uh, to protect him from getting actual uh, scarring, uh, he's... He's wearing unusual gear, and he's probably going to get lit on fire. Um, so I just appreciated that little nugget where it was for the people who've seen a few of these matches before, and you're kind of doing the math. Like, well, you know, when Stone Cold fought Kane, Kane's actually wearing clothes. Stone Cold fought naked. I, I don't think Stone Cold's going to take an actual burn uh, to his armor back. Right. Um, but uh, the end of it, um, I, it sounds like it might be the end for The Fiend for a little bit. Um, you know, we kind of had the tease Monday night with Alexa Bliss in the playground and The Fiend's in the ground deep down in the earth. And when he, when he comes back, you better watch it. Um, I don't think anyone's too upset about that. And it's not that we think that The, the Fiend should be permanently over, but... You know, this might be an opportunity for us to kind of let Bray Wyatt, you know, get even more creative uh, for him to reach out to Tom Savini for a, a melted fiend look. My God, what what could that look yeah. like? Um, so I'm excited to see where uh, where the next step goes. And uh, again, the way that uh, if you just, again, looked at this a year ago and you told me Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens in a title match, uh, Drew, AJ in a title match. Bray Wyatt versus Orton, and then, you know, what the outcomes were, I think you would have been really upset. But watching the way Randy Orton is basically rebirthing uh, Bray Wyatt, you know, putting him in that cocoon, as Bray Wyatt tweeted, uh, for the rebirth, I, I, I can't believe outside of uh, Reddit that anybody is upset with this outcome. It just seems like all it did was make you excited for the next um, edition of WWE yeah. programming and... I'm, I'm that reaction from everybody was, I can't believe that he's getting buried, but he's, it, it's, it's, I think it's just more fantastic storytelling to come. And I think what we're seeing is that Bray Wyatt's biggest rival, uh, as we continue his career is going to end up being against Randy Orton, who's probably one of the best of all time. So, uh, yeah. maybe a hundred years from now, people will have him on the Mount Rushmore's and we'll finally chip away at, at Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how you pick away at a negative from that besides you just being a fan of The Fiend yeah. and you wanted to see him win. 
Yeah. Mike, uh, David threw out there, the Fiend is coming back. Um, absolutely agree with that. But Dave, I got to throw you under, under the bus here because uh, you're, you're asking where your stuff is. <clears throat> so what Dave's referring to is that we had a bet between either Bobby Lashley winning at, at Survivor Series or Sami Zayn. Now, Dave, you've been messaging us for your stuff. The bet was <laughs> Bobby Lashley winning, which is what we picked, and you picked Sami Zayn. I love you, David. You a thousand percent got that wrong. So not only, not only did Sammy lose, he got destroyed. Uh, so I, I uh, hang tight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna DM you. I, I want to send you something. But um, for the folks at home, for anybody watching right now, you, you do have to win your you, wagers. Uh, you have to, right, you have points. to win the bet to get the stuff. But uh, hang tight. Uh, I'm gonna DM you later. Uh, I'm gonna, I like your passion. So uh, I'm gonna give That's you like persistence. A, a you're going to get a consolation prize. How's that sound? How about much I, in the vein of much in the vein of Sammy Zane? Uh, we're going to give you a Sammy Award. How about that, Dave? <laughs> no, yeah, no. The uh, the passion, the uh, the stick to itiveness to see if you could get something from us. Uh, I'm gonna uh, you're you're going to get a consolation prize. We'll we'll talk in the DMs later. But uh, uh, for the folks at home, uh, David, you absolutely a thousand percent lost that bet, my man. <laughs> All right. Mike, let's do this as quickly as possible. What's it at work, baby? Let's do uh, it. We're already at we're already at thirty minutes, but we've got the Wednesday night wars. Yeah. Um, oh my God, Dave's Dave wants a belt. I'm sorry, Dave. You don't get to pick a hundred dollar championship belt. <laughs> if you want, you know what I'm gonna do because you asked for that. I'm gonna go buy like an old Seth Rollins action figure, and I'm gonna mail you the tiny little belt that comes with it. Since you're asking for free stuff, all right, Mike. Uh, better show. What, what do you think? Was it the, the NBA, post-NBA Christmas bash, or was it NXT that gave us Mercedes Martinez return? Um, we got Bronson Reed, Thick Boy came back. Uh, so was it that dumb AEW show, or was it the amazing uh, night of NXT wrestling that gave us the tag team title street fight? <laughs> um, I, actually, I actually got to watch both this week. I'm actually going to pick NXT. Um, I, I thought that the uh, all the matches were really excellent. I, I forgot how uh, you know just a, a middling Dakota Kai versus Rhea Ripley match was uh, maybe my favorite bout of both shows. I don't even think it made your list, uh, but let's get into it, man. Uh, I guess I'll do moment number three for All Elite Wrestling. Woo! <sighs> I'm going to put this moment on here, even though it wasn't a wrestling match. Um, it just... For once, they're actually going to have uh, a blood feud. And uh, in the in the writer's room at AEW, they said, Abaddon, we're going to put you in a blood feud. She said, great, who am I biting? And they said, nobody, this is a wrestling show. And she says, great, so I'm going to bite the champion? They're like, hey, sounds good. Um, Abaddon came in, took a chunk out of uh, Hikaru Shida's uh, neck and shoulder area. Yeah. Um, in a terrifying moment uh, that I think JR was uh, holding back vomit. He's used to just saying that the uh, women uh, are from a respective 
uh, you know, country or province. And instead, he had to watch Abaddon with blood dripping out of her mouth, uh, Sheeta with uh, uh, blood dripping out of her, her jugular. Um, it was a pretty terrifying spot for Christmas. Um, but uh, it's it's just propelling that story forward. And uh, I, I don't know. I saw some people saying, I'm ready for Abaddon to take that strap. And I... I I get where they're coming from. I think they like the newness, the freshness of Abaddon, getting more TV time. But honestly, I would much rather see her be in a fiend position and just kind of terrorize the women's division. Um, so more of that. And it, it was something that's, you know, given the, the women's division a little bit something else to work on. It's not just a, you know, a, a WWE legend. It's not, a, you know, just a, a magical, uh, what's the musical chairs um, your turn for the right. title match. Your turn for the title match. It's it's a literal blood feud. Matt, it's my moment number three. Matt, moment number three from next Extra Time Wrestling. Uh, for me, I, I I love that Mercedes Martinez is coming back and immediately goes after the NXT Women's Champ in EO because this is something where we were all worried that... And it, 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 it's my number three because it means so much more to pro wrestling and NXT and the WWE because when she left Retribution and she said, I'm not doing this shit, we all kind of went, oh, fuck, is this the last time we're going to see Mercedes? Like, is this where she gets punished? And it's been a while since we saw her, but now she's thrust right into the championship conversation. Um, so I, I think this is a major win for pro wrestling. It's a major win for all of the viewers at home. And, and, and it's a huge win for Mercedes Martinez, who like bet on herself. And we talk about this in our, our Red Wings podcast all the time. Uh, from a performer athlete perspective, bet on yourself. Just know that if you're going to go against uh, what what the higher ups are saying, you you have to know that you got to come out on top. Um, you're gonna you're gonna have to perform out of your mind, and uh, you know whatever she was doing behind the scenes put her right into this championship conversation. So I think this is a huge win for wrestlers in the future that want to say, "I'm not doing this shit. Give me something better," uh, especially for somebody with the track record of Mercedes. So. Uh, huge, huge win, not just for Mercedes, not just for us watching that segment, but huge win for anybody uh, in that performance center that wants to put on a better show. Mike, uh, you're number two for AEW? <clears throat> so I'm going to cheat a little bit. It's not exactly a particular match on the card, uh, but what I want to do is for moment number two, in the first hour of AEW, um, no less than seven tag teams were featured in some capacity. Um, whether it was the Bucks, whether it was Jericho and MJF, whether it was FTR, whether it was Jurassic Express, whether it was Top Flight, whether it was the Acclaimed. Um, we also had uh, Sapien and Miro come out. Um, it was There were so many tag teams. Um, and it, it's not that uh, they were all in a big schmaz battling each other. Um, they were just treating them like single stars. So each tag team was kind of given you know, a time to shine either in a wrestling match or given a little bit of time to do a vignette, um, a little bit of time to cut a promo. Um, when you watch so much WWE programming every week and we talk about how, you know, great it is for the Hurt Business to be champs, but there's there's no, there's nobody out there for them to fight outside of the New Day. Um, so it just kind of makes the, the win a little bit hollow because they're not really on top of the division. They just bested the New Day. So I guess with AEW, the way they're treating it, like there's, you know, like a whole hierarchy of tag teams and everybody's kind of jockeying for position, you know, um, you know, through the rankings, um, it makes it feel like it matters. And for me, that that first hour, I, I thought was uh, a nice reminder of, you know, when we were kids and 
we like to watch in the tag team division because we were brothers and we thought we were going to be a tag team one day. And instead, we're a tag team in a podcast. So, Matt, that's my moment number two. I know I cheated. But, Matt, next extra time, moment two. What do you got? So, I when I was making my list, I forgot that Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley were in there. So, you said they didn't make my list, but I absolutely love that segment. I, I just – I was – Making my list, and I looked for Timothy Thatcher because I'm always trying to put him on my list. I'm gonna have to take him off because, um, I I mean, this was actually the best match of the night. Uh, and, and when I was looking at Timothy Thatcher, I'm, I'm, all I'm thinking is the segment, you know, after where you've got Leon Ruff getting the win, which is great for him. And I, I think you're still telling, like, I, I love the Thatcher stuff because it it keeps telling the story that. Thatcher can lose all he wants, but we believe in his style and his performances that he, he could take them all. So I love that. But again, we're getting more Rhea Ripley and, and Raquel Gonzalez at uh, at the end of that match. And then it's just a banger of a match. It's just Dakota Kai and Rhea going at it. And it's something that they've had long series. They've been going at it for a few years now. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can improve upon it is kind of what we saw was that it, it's just been so great. I, I, I think what we need is, is a full, feud we need a, a longer match we we just need to see what these two can do if they they aren't worried about at the end of the segment selling their next feud uh mm -hmm. so that that's probably the downfall and why um shoot i maybe that's why i completely forgot it happened but uh yeah that's <laughs> that's my number two uh mike your uh, dishonorable mention <sighs> regrettably i'm gonna do this one um my dishonorable mention, I'm not going to say it's Jericho because I know what they were trying to go for. He's their biggest star. It could have been booked better, but whatever. Um, I'm going to say it's the Sean Spears promo um, <laughs> because when he was in WWE, he was the perfect 10 gimmick. And when he came out in the Royal Rumble at number 10 and people would, you know, the 10 count outside of the ring and people would just say 10 all the way one through 10. Um it got over, but he never quite, you know, hit that that point where he was, you know, winning gold and stuff like that. So he jumped ship, went to AEW. Um, and his character still hasn't quite taken off. He had Tully for a little while. Um, he uh, he started wearing a black glove, uh, I guess, to differentiate from the old Sean Spears. Now he's one glove Sean Spears. And right. last night he cut a promo and said, you know what, I don't need this thing anymore. And he threw off his black glove that he'd only been wearing for like two television tapings. Um, and then he cut a promo, Matt, where he said, uh, I'm better than 95% of the guys in that roster. Right. Uh, I guess that just kind of stuck with me. Cause I think about, I can't imagine Bret Hart going, I'm 95% better than the best there was. So I'm 95% better than the best there is. So I'm 95% better than the best there ever will be. Um, you know, CM Punk was never, I'm 95% better than the rest of the world. You gotta be the best. Um, to be the man, you gotta be ninety-five percent of the man. Uh Ric Flair did not say that. Uh Sean, I, I would just I don't know who let him say that. It, it looked like a pre-taped segment. I would have just said I'm better than maybe one hundred percent of the roster, maybe all the roster, but take the maybe out. <laughs> that meth, it just killed me, and I, I feel bad because he's got a wrestling school. He's, he's such a technically sound guy, but I just, I don't see him ever getting over because a little, just little things like that. Uh, but man, that takes us to moment number one, a man who never has an issue on the microphone. Uh, and we got to see just the greatness that is Pac in a wrestling ring against uh, Butcher, or as Eddie Kingston's been calling him, Butch. Um, 
God, I, I can't think of right now just a team that is a more overqualified like enhancement talent than Butcher and Blade. Um, these guys are just A plus workers. They have like established kind of um, you know kind of murdery blood covered uh, outfits where they they look like you know they work in a meat shop. Um, but they're really good workers. Pac got a really good match out of Butch. Uh, Butch, uh, you know, made it uh, uh, Pac look like the conquering hero, even as he's playing his heelish bastard character. Um, and then, Matt, just Eddie Kingston. Everything that guy says is just poetry. Um, whether he's <laughs> calling Tony Schiavone, you're my Toby, uh, referencing the <laughs> office and Toby Flanderson. Um, or, you know, when uh, Kingston left for the night and said, uh, JR, you know, Merry Christmas to you and yours, Shivani, up yours, I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> everything he said was just gold. Um, so we tweeted it, Tony Khan, to just please make Eddie Kingston just full-time commentator, uh, full-time everything. We'll see if that ever comes to fruition. But, Matt, moment number one, without question, uh, the tandem, Pac in the ring, Kingston on the mic. Matt, your moment number one. Preceded by, of course, the dishonorable mention. It's and I'm gonna go quick. Somebody took a lot of time with the dishonorable mention, uh, but Velveteen <laughs> Dream, come on, get him out of the main event or address what happened. We can't say it enough. Uh, but number one for NXT this week, Mike. It's, I mean, it's tag title street fight, and I've got my favorite tag team storyline. I think in all of pro wrestling right now. I think telling those stories of. Um, that dysfunctional uh, tag team and and seeing them try to get together, but you see like the brotherly love mixed into it. So it's, it's always that I can beat him up, but you can't beat him up. That is, it's, it's been told a million <laughs> times, but yeah. they're doing it to a T and it's because, you know, Drake Maverick is half of that tag team uh, coming out with his, his doofy getups. Uh, this, this week was no exception. Of course uh, the Hulk Hogan look. And then um, uh, I, I just, I, I think the only thing that I would I would post as a negative or put as a negative to this was uh, don't just do a tornado tag. Uh, stop stop doing tags during street fights. No no more yeah. of that. Uh, but ultimately, when they forgot about the tag rule, it was a fantastic match. They got really creative with the chairs. Um, I, I just uh, I think I would have liked to see. Uh, I, I never started to believe that uh, Dane and Maverick were going to win. Uh, maybe because it was the first match of the night on NXT that probably took away from it a little bit. Maybe you put yeah. this at the main event and you, you feel like there's a better chance for them to win. Uh, yeah. But it, it's a, it was a great way to start the night. It's a great way to keep eyes for anybody that normally watches AEW. Now they see a great tag match to start the night and they go, Oh, I know what this is. And they stick around. <laughs> they, yeah. You know, first match of the night has to be a great tag match. It's the only way to do pro wrestling. Um, but <laughs> But uh, you know, with all that, all that being said, I think uh, there's still room for this match to have been better. But it definitely, for me, uh, mixing in my favorite tag team storyline in pro wrestling right now, uh, I, I couldn't have been happier. And of course, the most underrated tag team uh, in pro wrestling as well. And uh, Birch and uh, wait, I'm sorry, uh, Oni and Larkin and Danny and Birch. Uh, so I got that right. Uh, all four of those guys, uh, most underrated tag team in pro wrestling. But uh, that's that's why that, that gets my number one spot. Yeah, they always have the numbers I'm, advantage. I'm I'm a <laughs> I'm a sucker for uh, for all my favorite guys. I'll uh, put it that way, right? <laughs> Who isn't? So that's, yeah, uh, that's uh, number one. Uh, so we didn't go 30 minutes, Mike. We went 45, and I think uh, my baby girl's awake, so Matt didn't get anything done today. Uh, he's gonna go get in trouble with the wife, and uh, yeah. 
Good job, Mike. I, I think you could have taken a few more points and thrown them in there and your Wednesday Night Wars stuff, but uh, I'll get, you know what, Mike, let's uh, do another 15 minutes on uh, on The Fiend and, and Randy I hope, Orton. And then... I hope your wife's uh, right outside the recording booth uh, getting ready to give you a big old Claymore. Three, two, one. Poof. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh, I did it the wrong <laughs> way. All right. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, check out everything else at BOD Podcast, brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, We're on Twitter as at BOD Podcast, on Instagram as... Uh, at brothers underscore of underscore discussion. And uh, like I said, we're looking for some content creators. So if you guys want to join the team, uh, you can find us uh, again, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So just send us a direct message. We love to hear from you. And we kind of want to, uh, we're doing it the real way. So even if we say we're going to talk to you, Mike, we talked about it yesterday where that doesn't mean you have any sort of relationship with us yet, but the fact that you're interviewing. Oh, <coughs> Uh, all right, Mike, with that, I'm going to go wrap some presents. Uh, hopefully I didn't wake up, baby girl, and I can get at least one thing done uh, before she Yay! does wake up. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Goodbye.